Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, He has a word on your lips. To those who are called, meditate on your day. According to Be His purpose, to do purpose. It's His purpose, Ooh. not mine. It is day 61 of our 90 day challenge, and I want to direct your attention to a passage of scripture that many people may not be aware of, some people might, uh, but the characters are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Go with me to John, the 11th chapter and the 27th verse. It reads in this way. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. And the topic for our consideration of purpose today is family feud. What happens when families fight? I know from face value, that this has nothing to do with purpose, passion, calling, assignment, or destiny. But I want you to remember that purpose is not about a platform, nor is it about a position. Very often, purpose is about your meaning, your intention. And sometimes that meaning is challenged and even chiseled inside of family feuds. There are three characters, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and these three are in a dysfunctional family. Sean, how do I make an exegetical leap to assume that they are in a family feud? Well, a couple clues tell us to pay attention. Number one, when we encounter Martha, the matriarch of the family, we hear that Martha, who owns the home, invites Jesus to her house before it was ready we see that Martha automatically has control over when her guests come to the house, but she still invites Christ even though the house was not clean. I wonder if many of us are Martha. Asking God to come show up for a house that's not ready. Asking God to bless an organization, a structure, a strategy, a vision, an idea that isn't prepared. Continuing the scriptures tell us that Martha, Mary, and Lazarus live in a city called Bethany. Now, Bethany was not uh, Housewives of Potomac. Bethany was not Hollywood. Bethany was not Atlantic City or whatever opulent and expensively affluent area that you'd imagine Jesus would visit. But Jesus decides to stay where lepers live. Across the street from Martha's house is Simon the leper's house. If you know any history around leprosy, you know that lepers were castigated to the margins of society. They were eccentric. They were odd. They were unfavorable. No one wanted to be around lepers, yet Jesus decides to live, reside, rest at 
Martha's house across the street from the lepers. So in my opinion, Bethany was the ghetto. It was so ghetto in Bethany that when you had to slide your check into the cash register at the bank around the corner from the McDonald's with the beauty supply store, when you decided to deposit a check, you had plexiglass at the Wells Fargo PNC Bank or the Bank of Bethany, as it were, because it was dangerous before the pandemic. Bethany, you had to lock your doors and you had to put the club. Do y'all remember the club when y'all had to put the club on the car, the steering wheel, and turn the key? What happened to the club? Why don't we have clubs anymore? But anyway, Bethany was that spot where you had to look around to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right before you even got out your car. And yet that's where Jesus decides to lay his head. Point number one, often destiny is found in the middle of dysfunction. I know you assume that God's going to call you to do something grandular and spectacular when you are at your prime, when you have every dime in the bank that matches what your dream looks like. But no, destiny is often found in the middle of dysfunction. God is attracted to families like Martha's, Mary's, and Lazarus's. But if we are truthful, they enter into a family feud. And I don't think I really learned the power of destiny in relationship to family until I helped David and Tamala Mann. A few years back, I wrote a book with David and Tamala Mann. They asked me to edit their story. It was their first published manuscript. And I was able to glean, I was able to gain an inside addition and an inside perspective around families who are feuding. No, they are the most lovable family. I love Tamala and David because they not just love each other, they like each other, but their story is one of dysfunction. Some people would say that a blended family with different siblings and sisters and brothers is dysfunctional. How do you celebrate Christmas? How do you celebrate Valentine's Day? How do you celebrate Thanksgiving? How do you honor one stepmother and not honor the actual biological mother? And in the midst of their family feud, God brings them to the top. We see the same thing happen with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus here. And the question that always gets me is why did Martha go to an outsider to fix an inside problem? When you look at all the accounts of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' story, you discover something really powerful. Number one, Martha doesn't talk to Mary until something dies. Go back. Look at it. I promise you, you will see something phenomenal. That Martha is upset with Mary. Mary is so busy worshiping, she's not even paying much attention. And Lazarus is nowhere to be found. Jesus walks in. Martha is cooking, Martha is cleaning, Martha is screaming, Martha is banging pots to get all the attention so that Mary can know that she's upset with her. And instead of her going to her sister, who she pays the PSENG bill with, instead of going to her sister, who helps her with the laundry every single Saturday, she goes to Jesus and says, don't you care that my sister is not helping me? Again, we would rather go to the revival than the family reunion. We would rather have a talk with a stranger than to talk to our family members. And so here we have a pure example of a problem with purpose. 
that no matter how great and anointed you are outside of your home, if you are not as anointed, if you are not as committed, and if you are not as honorable in your home, then your purpose outside of your house is performance at best, hypocrisy at worst. Nevertheless, Martha's not the only person that has a problem here. Mary also has a problem. Don't deify a character like Mary because while Jesus says she did the better thing, it doesn't necessarily mean she did the best thing. And the best thing for me is to stop speaking in tongues long enough to speak in English with those you know have a grudge against you. Every one of us can identify with this because I promise you right now in your phone, there is some family member that when they call, <laughs> you put your phone on do not disturb. There is someone that gets on your nerves and they highly spiritual. They speak in tongues. They go to all the conferences. They even get on the 90 day challenge calls at five o'clock in the morning. And yet they are not talking with someone in their family. It's a family feud. It's a family friction. And Lazarus is like the brother from Soul Food that when Jesus comes to town, <laughs> instead of bringing him, instead of calling him downstairs to come and eat with the rest of the family, we slide his tray upstairs because no matter where Lazarus is, we never can depend on him. He's not in the house. When Jesus, the president of presidents, the king of kings, the most popular person in the world comes to your house, you're not there. Yeah, this is, this is dysfunction. I pointed out the first scripture to point out that sometimes purposeful people need to have honest conversations. And in David and Tamela's book, they talk about heated debates, not arguments, but heated debates, moments where you will not see eye to eye with the person that you love and like, but you've got to have that necessary conversation. What if God is telling you to fix this family feud, you need to initiate a conversation? What conversations have you been preventing that God wants you to actually create? Today, I want you to ask, has the family feud interrupted my clarity about calling? And if it has, have the necessary conversations today so that your calling can help other people tomorrow. Because what I know to be true, in the words of Cheryl Brady, when two people are in love, you cannot hide it. And when two people are not, you cannot hide it. There are some things you cannot hide. There are some moments you must actually give your full attention to. So today, I want you to focus on that family feud. Who is that person in your family that you need to try again with? Who and how can you create a space of healing so that when Jesus comes to town, you're not just prepared, you're purposely ready. Let's get to work. I'm actually walking in purpose now. It's not a destination that I will one day arrive, but a journey that I'm taking throughout my life. I'm literally step by step walking in purpose because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Purpose is not attached to a particular career opportunity or even a particular degree or even a particular life that I had envisioned for myself. The person that God created me to be, my character, my personality, my logic, and my imagination, my skills and my abilities, my interests, my dislikes, experiences, passions, my knowledge, and my understanding 
are all the unique ways he's created me beautifully and wonderfully made in order to accomplish the very things he's placed in me. In other words, he needed me like this in order for it to happen like that. What I'm learning is that perhaps sometimes I've gotten in the way of my own purpose by seeking other things that were aligned more with society than kingdom. Societal purpose is much different than kingdom purpose. Societal purpose reminds me of cookie cutter homes in a typical suburban neighborhood. It's limited and lacks diversity in character. This roadmap often fails because it wasn't designed with a unique view in mind. Cookie cutter pathway falls short and you are left longing for more. World can't deliver what it didn't give. Kingdom purpose is what our soul longs for, to live out what God has placed in us to do in the earth. God is the master artist and we are the one-of-the-kind masterpieces designed. Can you live out of purpose? I think yes, if you choose to pursue the world, we can detour delay our purpose on display. God gave us free will, a permissive will, but I do not think a surrendered vessel will remain on the tour path for long. God directs our path in discernment to know the way. That's why prayer is key. That's why the word is so important. That's why the people who show up along the way really do matter. This is God's communication to us as we go about purpose. The believer's purpose-filled life is vibrant and attractive. People will be drawn to you because that life or your life is brilliant. Be careful to always give God the glory. Don't be distracted by the attention. It's a part of the kingdom purpose to draw all men unto him. You will be blessed and favored on earth, but know the true reward is in heaven, knowing that you completed your assignment good and faithful servant well done. Be sure to steward the people, places, things, financial blessings well and excellently because you will still have to give an account for them. Let go of fear as you walk in purpose because there's safety in the will of God. Do everything he said because obedience is better than sacrifice. Be sensitive to the pivotal shifts that he ordains to reroute you. I know that I know that where I am is where he wants me to be, but I'm also aware that he gives and takes away as he pleases. So when he moves, I too must move. I lean into this. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, try and you see him. Take 